Good evening. Welcome to this evening's edition of the Rich Urban Show. I am your host, Rich Urban, coming to you for Historic Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. We bring you news and views from God's point of view. Today is part three of our series on why absence matters. And today we're talking about fatherlessness and rage. So I'd like to refer to two books that I've read and revisited, you know, to prepare for this program. One is called Whatever Happened to Daddy's Little Girl? It's by Jonetta Rose Barras. The other is The Antidote by Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. So I'm going to share some excerpts from these books. So we're dealing with a crisis, you know, of fatherlessness in our nation. About 25% of all children grow up without a father in the home. You might ask, why is this important? Well, intuitively, we know that it's important to grow up with your parents. And so in these books, each of the authors poignantly shares about their own experience growing up, you know, without their father around. And uh, Jonetta Rosebaras in her book refers to the rad syndrome or cycle, rage, anger, and depression. Oh, and these are, uh, uh, is the nature of what she calls the fatherless woman syndrome. So I'm going to read a few excerpts from the book here. We'll start, this is on page 152. The response to societal pressure is compounded for women and girls who grew up without their fathers. And so many black women are walking around today with complexes. We find it difficult to love and appreciate ourselves unless we have received external validation. The certification that we are all that and a big bag of chips too can't come just from a girlfriend. Most often we need a man to say it, to show it, to restore the confidence we permitted our father's departure to steal from us. And then on page 156, she's talking about remedies to the situation of fatherlessness. And the first one is, achieving true sexual healing sometimes means abstaining from sex. Love and sex are not synonymous. Determine which you are seeking. If it's love, hold off a little while on the sex. Try to imagine... What would happen if you or your partner suddenly became physically incapacitated? Could your relationship survive? Would you know he loved you even if he didn't make love with you physically? So she's talking about the idea of seeking, you know, uh, sex, thinking that's how you'll feel love. And, you know, like going from one relationship to the other to the other. So this is a common thing, you know, that she experienced and many other women experience who are fatherless. So this relates, of course, to our topic of why absence matters. And here she's saying maybe it'd be a good idea not to have sex. Well, it's definitely a good idea not to have sex until you're married. But it's interesting that she puts it as the first of her, uh, what she calls, home remedies here. So, so uh, Ms. Barras is saying that around age 30, many women, you know, who don't have fathers 
you know, start looking for their dad. They have this natural urge to try to find out who who their dad is. You know, and they start trying to understand or not to understand, well, to look for their father like like um physically. And another thing she points out here on page two forty point six, refuse to see yourself as a victim. A victim is someone who has no choices Someone who is dependent on those around her to protect her. A victim looks outside herself, not inside. For clues about her feelings, her next move. So she's talking about, you know, not not being the victim. And finally, she concludes that in order to release this longing for her father or anyone's father, or she's talking, of course, about her search for her own father and the story of meeting her father some two years before death is that she needed to forgive her father and you know come to peace with forgiveness 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 and this is actually a common thread between the, the two books I mentioned you know so we have this profound effect of fatherlessness so a lot uh, sometimes we hear that uh, talked about you know fatherlessness and of course that's what it is but <laughs> I'd like to take it one step further what causes fatherlessness of course if you're abstaining from sex until you're married fatherlessness will be reduced of course there is a high rate of divorce you know with some like uh, close to half of marriages you know have been ending in divorce new marriages that's a really high percentage. So, of course, that can cause fatherlessness. And, of course, when you're not married to begin with. But if we are abstaining from sex before marriage and then make a commitment, especially a commitment centered upon God together, centered on a higher purpose, then that union is going to be much more likely to succeed. So, definitely, sexual abstinence is part of that formula. Don't have sex until you're married. Because obviously, if you are having sex, you could create a child where there will be no father present. Of course, there's a father for a child's grave, but the father is not present. Interestingly, we find a nexus between, you know, Miss Barr's books and Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson's book. His book also has a nexus, of course, with the whole current situation we're going in with all the racial issues now being talked about. So I really re recommend, well, both books are good, but uh, Jesse Lee Pearson's book especially addresses the current situation. It's very timely. So um, here we're talking about the issue of fatherlessness. So he starts out talking about the first story is about Michael Brown. Michael Brown was a young man who was uh, shot and killed in Ferguson, Missouri. Basically, um, that is one of the events seen as kicking off the whole quote-unquote quote, Black Lives Matter narrative. The first one being Trayvon Martin, which is the second um, story he tells about in the book. So he's explaining that Michael Brown was a boy who was shuttled between his um, mother and his, his um, not really stepmother, but, you know, the, um, how do you say, 
his dad left. Anyways, he was fatherless. And then he was left with his um, stepmother was raising him. But then uh, I think she remarried or whatever. Then he was kicked out of her house. Anyway, he was really, really an angry man. So when he met up uh, Michael Brown with the officer after, you know, stealing some cigars from the store, you know, he started pummeling office, the officer and he was shot. Of course, that's not the story that the um, Black Lives Matter people said. They said, hands up, don't shoot, but that's completely false. I think most people know that now. If they don't, they should certainly look it up. Trayvon Martin was similar. He was also a fatherless person. So he was shuttled between the different, um, yeah, the mother remarried and then he was kicked out and then a similar situation. And um, so he was also very angry and he was pummeling um, uh, George Zimmerman for some minute and basically beating him to death when he was shot by George Zimmerman. So there was a nexus there in those uh, stories, and he was pointing out how, you know, fatherless youth are very angry, you know, and uh, Miss Barrows was saying the same thing in her book for the, you know, fatherless women, and especially the black women and black men. And Reverend Peterson is pointing out that, you know, of course, whatever race, you could be angry, you know, if your father's absent. But especially race hustlers like Jesse Jackson, Al, Al Sharpton, people like that, um, who are promoting, you know, this constant story of, you know, race conflict, they are looking to, um, you know, blame it on white people that, oh, that's the problem, you know, the white person is oppressing you. But he's explaining he grew up actually literally on a, like, as a sharecropping farm. And, you know, fortunately, he didn't, you know, at that time feel that way. But later, you know, he did have a lot of anger and he did listen to, like, the Nation of Islam and Louis Farrakhan, people like that, who are promoting this race-based um, narrative. So I'd like to share also some, a uh, couple of quotes from uh, Reverend Peterson's book, which I do highly recommend. It's called The Antidote. As bleak as all this sounds, an antidote exists. Thank God. If I could summarize that antidote in two key concepts, they would be forgiveness and truth. The one follows the other as day follows night. Forgiveness and truth saved my life, saved my son's life, and then saved the lives of many, or rather of any number of young men we have counseled at Bond, the organization I found in 1990 to help rebuild men and families, particularly the black family. So he says further later on in uh, page 103, he talks about rejecting the culture of blame. If black Americans, all Americans for that matter, are to save the nation, they have to reject the culture of blame. This culture leads to a sense, false sense of entitlement, an unquenched fury, an alienation from conscience and country. The blame mentality infects Americans of every race, putting us at odds with each other. Black versus white, women versus men, children versus parents, poor versus rich, and dragging our nation to the brink. So again, he shares a story where he was able to be healed by forgiveness, forgiving his mother, forgiving you know his father, and then 
you know, taking responsibility for his life. And this is opposite of the toxic um, blame culture, you know. You're, all his problems, you know, he's saying, like, the blame culture is saying, you know, all the problems he has as a black man are because of terrible, you know, oppression by white people. He's saying that's a false narrative. And, you know, it's really so pertinent right now what he's saying, you know. So um, I do want to also tie that back into the idea, you know, we're talking about the real effect of, you know, why absence matters and how that affects the issue of fatherlessness. And, of course, fatherlessness will be greatly reduced, you know, when, of course, marriages are more stable, but also when sexual relationships only occur within marriages instead of outside of marriage. So he's sharing also in the book about, you know, the riots that occurred in Baltimore in 2015. And there he's saying, well, golly, there's a black mayor. The police force is 50% black. The council is black. And still that didn't, you know, stop the blame uh, game. Or it's not really a game. It's a serious, you know, the blame situation. And then the riots there. And what do we see happening now? The same kind of blame occurring. You know, oh, it's white people. And it seems like we've forgotten about, you know, it's interesting, the brother of um, George Floyd was saying, you know, stop this rioting stuff. You know, it's we said that months ago, right after, you know, his brother was killed. You know, this my, you know, our family doesn't want that. We don't believe that. So they're asking people to find forgiveness. But, of course, as we pointed out, it's not about actually the real situation that happened to George Floyd is about the agenda, as we've already pointed out. The Black Lives Matter, that's just a slogan. The organization is a Marxist organization promoting LGBT, dismantling the nuclear family, you know, Marxist ideology. The founders admit that they, you know, studied Marxists. This is crazy. So, this, you know, it's completely godless. And one thing that Reverend Peterson, you know, points out, of course, he found and was able to, you know, in his transformation to finding forgiveness, was able to see himself from God's viewpoint and how he had become ugly and distorted and he looked within himself. And, of course, the whole Black Lives Matter movement, i.e. the one that you'll find at their website, is completely godless because, of course, Marxism, communism don't recognize God at all. So it's it's completely a, against God. So you know we've really got to you know not get into this whole narrative of the race hustlers, you know, and understand, you know, about stopping the blame game, the blame blame. Um, how do you say, narrative would be a more appropriate word for it. You know, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of our children are indoctrinated in this stuff. That's what they learn, you know, in school. You know, the more you go to school, probably the more you're indoctrinated by this kind of philosophy instead of the kind of philosophy that Reverend Peterson learned. You know, he grew up on a farm. He was poor, you know, taught the values of hard work. And the, uh, how do you say, Anyway, even though they were in a, you know, there was segregation, 
they weren't seething with fury, you know, or people telling them how, you know, someone tied them down or whatever, persecuted them, oppressed them. So this is a false narrative. So we've been talking about WAPS and Matters Part 3, and this is the real effect on individual lives of fatherlessness. So that's what I wanted to bring out. And these are, uh, as I said, two excellent books, um, Whatever Happened to Daddy's Little Girl by Donetta Rose Bars and The Antidote by Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson. And we really need that right now because that's exactly what's happening, the blame, blame thing. Oh, it's, you know, blaming, not taking responsibility for yourself, saying, oh, it's racism. Oh, it's the racist people. That's why we have this situation. Not taking responsibility. You know, and then there are race hustlers like, you know, Jesse Jackson and the uh, others now who've come up, you know, to replace him, you know, constantly pushing this this uh, false narrative. In fact, I think it's the same lawyer who was coming around for the Floyd family, who was the same one who was hustling for the, uh, Trayvon, the in Trayvon Martin case and probably also in the Ferguson case. Same person, same person. Same narrative, same race hustling. Now, he wouldn't be making some good money off that, would he? This is not the answer. You know, we need to turn to God. I mean, ultimately, like Reverend Moon said, you know, we need interracial, international, international marriage. You're not going to hate your own offspring, you know, of mixed races, of mixed cultures, of mixed nationalities. That's the ultimate answer not rioting in the streets and Marxism and tearing down statues. Come on, give me a break. That's the answer to anything? No, forgiveness is. And forgiveness has to come from realization of God, that, you know, God is in your life and that you recognize God in your life. You can recognize Jesus in your life. You can recognize as I've recognized true parents in your life. The concept of true parents is one that Reverend Moon taught extensively. So we all need to become true parents. And they, you know, Reverend Moon's wife gave the example of true parents. So that is an absolutely crucial part of society. So, so we're not talking about why we don't have fathers in the home. And if we're not recognizing, you know, why... You know, probably especially Reverend Peters is saying black men are so angry, then we're not even recognizing the real issue. You know, it's a delusion. And race hustlers are like totally, you know, deluding people. So let's not be in that situation. Um, let's be in the situation of awareness and discernment and godliness. So that's my message for tonight on Wapsent Matters Part 3. And we've been talking about the tragedy of father absence and its effect on men and women who grow up without their fathers. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Do be blessed.